and we're here today with another episode of the CovPod. Uh, I'm going to keep this one short. Uh, we've got three great interviews lined up that you'll hear, with the theme being Coventry 2021. Lots of you, if not all of you, will know that Coventry is the UK city of culture, and it's been great to speak to people connected to the project, both from the Trust itself and from creatives in the city who have benefited from it. Thank you as always for your support. I hope you find the interviews interesting and you find out a little bit more around the work behind the scenes that is taking place during what is an important year for the city. So today I am at what was the IKEA building in the Coventry Centre, which is currently the home to the 2021 team. Um, I'm really pleased to have Shanine Bethina with me today, who's the creative director at 2021, to have a look at the past six months and the coming six months as we are obviously the UK city of culture. Uh, Shanine, thank you for joining me. Hi there. Nice to be here today. So let's start with telling us about your role, kind of who you are and what you do at 2021. Yeah, so I'm the creative director for the City of Culture Trust. Um, and so we were, the trust was set up back in 2015 when we were bidding to be City of Culture. Um, we have a trustee board um, and really our, our job is to deliver some kind of key programmes for the 2021 year, working in partnership with organisations across the city and the region. Um, and my job specifically is that I manage the producing team. So we've really been tasked with developing the creative programme, building partnerships, investing in the local arts sector, um, and really making sure that we create civic pride for people in the city. December marks the halfway point of our, we say 2021 year, but obviously the halfway point of the year of being City of Culture. I think we're going to go into some of it in more detail, but give me an overview of what the last six months has looked like. Yeah, it's been a really uh, fascinating uh, first six months. I mean, obviously, uh, we decided to move the opening of our year because normally um, Cities of Culture open in January. So we ended up moving it to the middle of May um, because we needed to kind of respond to the challenges around COVID and the fact that everyone was in lockdown. Um, So we opened in the middle of May, but it was still really a lockdown period. Um, So we actually uh, commissioned an incredible music video with uh, Cooley, who's a local music producer producer um, responding to the words of George Eliot and that went global Um, it went out through every news channel it was on our website Um, we had hundreds of thousands of people doing hits on it so it was a really kind of important moment for us to kind of say okay we're the city of culture now and then of course we had our big opening event uh, Coventry Moves uh, on the 5th of June um, which again was um, a first I would say in opening events because clearly we had to create an event that that wasn't for a live audience, but that was still a major event taking place all over the city that people in the city could participate in um, in different ways. Um, but, but clearly we had to really manage how we did that. So luckily we had an incredible team. And I think after about the seventh or eighth iteration of that, we came up with it. So I think it will go down in history as, as an extraordinary event um, in the middle of a global pandemic and showing kind of Coventry's credentials at rising to the challenge and not letting kind of um, issues around us, like the the, the kind of difficulties and challenges around us in the world, stop us from from being an amazing uh, city. Um, And then I suppose over the summer and into the autumn, 
we've delivered a huge amount of activity. We've done a lot of work in communities. So, uh, you know, one of the big focuses for me, you know, our vision for City of Culture was to explore the role of culture uh, in a modern and diverse city um, and to show how culture can be a force for creating change and kind of moving Coventry and and the world forward. Um, And so we've really taken that on and we've really tried to put communities at the centre. So we can talk more about that, but um, I suppose what what we've seen over the summer is we uh, did a huge amount in communities, in local places and spaces all over the city. Really, I suppose, trying to be creative with communities you know on their doorsteps um we've had our wonderful summer of surprises where we had pop-up events all over the city we've had some major moments such as terry hall's home sessions um bringing back you know someone who everyone knows and loves in the city to curate a weekend of music at a time again when music festivals hadn't been happening for you know the best part of a year and a half um so again pushing ourselves to be the city that really gets things started again so and in the autumn i think we've seen kind of almost a bit of a return to normality but We've done a huge amount of work across the city um, and also our partners have been up and running. So the Belgrade, the Herbert um, and Warwick Arts Centre, we've started to see some of the investment we've made in their programmes coming to light as well with the Turner Prize, Sea View at the Belgrade Theatre um, and an incredible programme at Warwick Arts Centre. So it's been a, it's been a great six months, um, but of course there's still so much more to come. So in 50 years' time, when people go onto the Wikipedia about City of Culture, and you'll see Coventry 2021, and I'm sure there'll be an asterisk next to it which says COVID was that time. Obviously, it's affected everybody at home, everybody in the world. Give me an idea of how COVID has really affected the programme you have planned, the work behind the scenes, um, and obviously the events that have taken place or, or may perhaps didn't take place. Oh, it's a big question. <laughs> so... Um... When you're delivering a major event like City of Culture, it's incredibly challenging and difficult in a normal year. Um, And we've looked at Hull and Derry and and, and we've seen how they did it. And we've also learned from issues and challenges they faced. I think going into a pandemic, um, we've had a significant number of other challenges. So first of all, of course, we had to move our year. Um, We've also had to really work at a time when the arts and culture sector nationally, not just locally and regionally, has been falling apart. Um, You know, it's a very fragile sector Um, financially. um, A lot of people work with goodwill. Um, You know, it's, it's difficult times. And so when COVID started, we put a huge amount of time and effort into making sure that the local sector were okay, um, providing them with a bit of cash, um, but really kind of supporting project work through those early days of that first lockdown so that people could still be working and, and connecting with communities in the city. Um, I think the second the second big thing for me is that clearly we um, weren't in the office, so for the best part of a year, um, we weren't all together um, and still we're still finding, you know, we're coming back together in the office now, but 
it's still hard. Um, people are worried about health and well-being. Uh, some people have got different challenges with home, their home, uh, in terms of family or that kind of thing. So, uh, so again, creating a program when everyone's working from their bedrooms or their kitchens, um, and, and we, you know, we're trying to kind of build this program and but not doing it together in the same way that we would have been is quite hard. Yeah, I think two of my favourite pieces of work that have been produced over the last six months was uh, Richard and Richard's film. Um, obviously, uh, filmed during COVID or kind of as, as COVID was starting to kind of or lockdowns were beginning to loosen up, and um, the songs from the bedroom, so the artists in the city right. centre, which right. I footman sessions. sessions. Yes, yeah, so I remember watching that at the time, and I think that we'll go on to legacy later. But I think they're the things that actually we'll look back and go, oh, actually, that was done during that time. Yeah, I think so, and it shows the creativity of our of artists in our sector. You know, we work with Ego on the Corona Nation Street, and we supported the early uh, projects for Sitting Rooms of Culture. And you know, there was a lot of investment that went in, and it was really about supporting local talent to keep things happening. Um, but clearly, it's been very challenging, challenging for everybody, not just for us as a team trying to do something extraordinary in the city. Um, but I think what it has done is it's really cemented the approach that we wanted to take, which was to put communities at the centre. Um, so right back from the beginning, when I first started, we made that decision that everything we do would be driven by the city and by people in the city. So all the programme has been developed in discussion with local communities, with libraries, with schools, with community centres, uh, with universities, with students, with young people, with older people, with homeless people, um, really trying to build a programme that does the storytelling that people want to want to have going out there in the world that talks about Coventry, that's rooted in the past, in the history and the heritage of the city, but is about who we are now and kind of the journey we're heading out on. Um, and we've worked really closely with, with artists. We've worked with so many artists in the city. Um, I think there's a bit of a myth that we've kind of worked with lots of external artists that have come into the city. And we have worked with some, um, but the majority of our programme has been created with communities and artists in the city or in the region um, and that that became even more important in COVID because of course we want to invest in our local sector and, and, and to really create a thriving legacy uh, for the city. Yeah I think that that touches on something that I remember when we first became City of Culture and there was there did seem to be this kind of myth that it would all be outsourced to London that it wouldn't be Coventry Coventry wouldn't see the benefit of that did COVID reinforce that even more that having people locally delivering local work became even more important did it feel like suddenly we had to put our arm around our city and support our city in maybe a different kind of way? I think it definitely, of course, it's, it's been important, but we were planning to do that anyway. So I think from my perspective, it just reinforced the approach we were taking. Um, you know, it's about celebrating those VIPs uh, that everyone knows and loves from the city. It's about supporting the subsidised art sector. It was about building um, and developing talent in new communities and different communities around the city. Because one of the big things for me when I came in is there was there's a, there's an there's an inequality. You know, um, the sector was a particular look and feel, um, but we knew there was lots more creative talent around the city. And for us, it's been about finding that talent and giving them a spotlight as well um so really I, I suppose yes it's been important of course we wanted to put our arms around everyone and really make sure this is our city of culture made uh, made by our city but that was what we were doing anyway and I think the only ways in which we've, we've kind of changed or transgressed from that was 
things like the Assembly Festival Garden, where that's really part of our commercial programme, where we just wanted to bring a big event into the city centre, um, programmed by the Assembly Festival, uh, that really celebrates art and culture and gets people coming out and a place to gather and meet. Um, and of course, we did, we, we've brought some of our projects uh, that we've developed with communities in there, like the Sound of Cov with the community radio stations and, and many other projects. But really, that was always a commercially programmed space. Same with the ice rink, of course, we wanted to do something very special in the ruins. And again, it's more of a commercial event. Um, but I think with all of our major events and all of the work that we're doing in communities um, with our different producing teams, it's about embedding ourselves. So working with charities in the city, working with community networks that existed already, and it's about how we grow and support them to flourish um, and leave that real legacy of skills and networks and partnerships, really. So let's look at the citizens of, of the city. I remember early, I think it must have been before COVID, there was there was a, a guesstimate that every citizen would probably engage with three events during the City of Culture year. Obviously, that has been impacted by COVID. But tell me, how, how has the programme, from an attendance point of view, been impacted by COVID? Actually, it's interesting because our audience has been more of a local, regional audience rather than maybe a national, international audience. I think we're on course to reach that uh, one of those statistics quite soon because because actually we've only been able to market our our program Lovely. to people in the city mm. and, and and the county and and some of the surrounding areas. So actually, it's meant we can create and deliver a program for people in the city and and hopefully you know we've already had um, I think over two hundred thousand people uh, have attended events um, and we've had two hundred and fifty thousand people attending events online through our different broadcast channels. So um, so whilst we haven't had the numbers the visitor numbers that maybe we set out in the original bid it's been impossible you know clearly people haven't been traveling um we're now um you know we've revised that to look at what we can deliver and, and that's great and things like the ice rink in the festival garden have helped us bring visitors into the city from other places because they've wanted to come and go to choir of man or sir columbia or whatever we've been putting on and um but also it's meant we can use things like the assembly festival garden in, in a in a different way so being able to put on you know the euro finals and um, ed sheeran as the live stream and um even like you know last night of the proms coming live from the fest you know from the festival garden it was so powerful and maybe that wouldn't have happened in a normal year but because we were kind of focusing on really making sure that people in the city were having a great time and were able to engage in some great stuff it's 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 kind of focused our attention on that a lot more so obviously we've looked back on the last six months let's look forward then to the next six months what's that looking like how Obviously, with the pandemic constantly evolving, I guess you have to be you have to prepare for events that you might not say no are going to happen. But what do the next six months look like? Well, we just we've just uh, finalised the plans for the next six months. So, or up until the end of May, we're going to be finishing on the last weekend of May. In fact, with the Radio One Big Weekend, that will be our big finale uh, weekend. Um, and so, we've got a huge amount of program to come. Obviously, we're only halfway through, and it's quite nice. We've got a little bit of a Christmas break, so everyone can refresh their energy levels. Um, but yeah, there's so much to come. So, we've got Knitting Sawney, of course, coming in January. Uh, we've got Daniel Lismore's exhibition 
Kitchen opening in February. And then we've got the big CVX Festival, which is being created with young people in the city. Uh, we've got a big focus on amazing women in March. So we've got loads of events that celebrate women in the city, uh, different voices from different communities. And then as we go into April, we've got a big focus on going outdoors, uh, you know, going into parks and open spaces, big focus on green futures um, and climate crisis and thinking about that. And then as we go into May, I suppose we have our kind of finale month uh, where there'll just be loads of great stuff going on. So we're really excited about what's to come. And we're also starting to now um, put in place the legacy plans. So, um, so I think from the beginning, the way we approached the programme was to ensure that the legacy was held by people. So all of the investment we've made in people, in the art sector, in communities, in all of our partners, bringing new partners into the city as well, like the BBC, the British Council. Uh, so just trying to make sure that that work continues beyond May next year. Um, but also looking at kind of what the plans will be for the Trust. Because uh, at the moment, um, obviously, our programme finishes at the end of May. Um, but we still think that there, there's a future for the Trust. And we're just kind of cementing those those plans right now. So, uh, so yeah, it's looking like a really exciting year. And of course, we've got the Commonwealth Games as well. And they're opening their festival in March. So we've been having lots of conversations with them about what the crossover is, but also kind of giving each other space in key moments so that we can have that great, uh, great summer. And of course, the Assembly Festival Gardens coming back uh, in the spring um, and running through the summer um, gives us something all to look forward to as well. So when the lights go off at the end of the year, um, and I guess you'll have some time to recuperate and relax, how do you hope to look back on the year that Coventry was UK City of Culture? Well, it's interesting because we've been monitoring everything we do, you know, from when I started back in 2018, we've been monitoring everything because we obviously we delivered quite a lot of programme in 2019 and 2020, as well as going into 21. Um, and really making sure that we're working all over the city, that we're working in different communities, that we've really thought about inclusion and tackled inequality. That's been a big thing for me, that um, I want everybody to see City of Culture as something that they can take part in, uh, attend events, you know, try things that they maybe haven't done before, but building confidence with communities that they're definitely welcome and invited, um, as well as, um, you know, finding new artists and new talent all over the city from different uh, cultural communities or, you know, communities who maybe have had barriers to, to taking part before. So for me, that will be um, a big part of my legacy going forward. I think also the way that we've put communities at the centre, you know, um, uh, we've we've really worked hard um, to make sure that everything we're doing is led by communities, shaped with communities, um, communities at the heart of it. And for me, it's about how we make sure that continues and that we move away from kind of top-down programming and approaches and, and actually make sure that we're in it together. Um, we've brought all of the arts and culture sector together. We have regular meetings now, which never really happened before. So that's really exciting. And, and that kind of joined up planning um, is really great. But I think the, the, the inclusion, the tackling of the inequality and really having communities at the centre of our programme, I think that will be the thing that people talk about in the future and already are talking about. You know, the, the cities that are bidding to be City of Culture in 2025, that's what's inspiring them. Um, you know, Hull did a great programme and they put on a major year of events but it was very much programmed into the city and a lot of things coming into the city from elsewhere. 
um, what we've done is we've built the programme from the ground up. Um, we've invested in the local sector, uh, but we've also invested in communities. We just worked out, actually, we've spent more than £5 million just on the local arts sector. Um, and that's before you look at all the investment in all the community work that we've been doing as well. So I'm really um, pleased that's the direction we took. And it, and, it, and it feels so important at this time as well. Shanine, thank you for your time. I know it's such a busy time, but make sure that you and your team take a little bit of a breath if you can. And, and we look forward to the next six months. Cheers, Aaron. Thank you so much. And happy Christmas to you as well. I'm really pleased to be joined by Molly Atkins today, who's the producer for Southeast Collaborative City at the Trust, who's going to tell me a bit about her role, the projects she's involved in and what the next six months are going to look like. Molly, thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I, like you've just said, I'm one of the producers at the Trust and my team is the Collaborative Cities team. There's a few of us in the team and how we are um, doing our work is that we've each got a quarter of the city that we're responsible for. So as you mentioned, I look after the southeast of the city, but I also do some citywide projects as well. And my other colleagues also have a quarter of the city that they work in. The reason that we've done this is so that we can really dedicate ourselves to getting sort of deep and local in communities, have a really good knowledge of the people and the places in each part of the city and make sure that activity is reaching as far and wide as possible and into as many communities as possible so that everyone gets a little bit of city culture in their neighbourhood, on their doorstep and they don't always have to travel into the city centre to engage in arts and culture activity through 2021 and 22. So your role is very obviously community focused. I guess that's important for an organisation as big as 2021 to build relationships with the communities within the city. Yeah, it's really, really important. Um, community, uh, even in the bid, was very much at the heart of what City of Culture wanted to be about this year. We wanted to represent the people of Coventry and the kinds of arts and culture that the people of Coventry want to see and to celebrate the creativity that there is in Coventry as well as bringing creatives from across the across the country to come to Coventry because we've got some incredibly talented people in the city. We've got some incredibly hardworking people in the city who dedicate so much of their time, often sort of voluntarily, to supporting the day-to-day running of arts and culture activities and to supporting the neighbourhoods that they live in. So, so important to be celebrating those people this year. So, as, as I say, we're at the halfway point of the city's year as um, UK City of Culture. Um, what have the last six months looked like for you? It's been incredible. I've met some amazing people. I've attended some really, really fantastic events Um, And I've just been able to experience loads of different sort of people's cultures, loads of different people's passions and and really celebrate what is unique about Coventry. Um, I think it's really, really, you know, it's been a little bit difficult at the beginning of the year when there was a lot of restrictions put on us. But as those restrictions slowly eased through the summer, it was great to see so many people coming together um, and experiencing different things and just sort of celebrating Coventry together. So can you give me some examples of some of the projects and productions that you've been involved in over the last six months? Yeah, so I've been working on a range of things. Um, One of the projects that I started first was um, Theatre Next Door. So as you may be aware, we've got some incredible community centres in Coventry based all around the city, um, often run by volunteers who do amazing work, ranging from food banks to youth clubs to working with elder people in the community. And we really wanted to celebrate the work they do. Um, We took them to Hull um, prior to City of Culture starting to meet with some of the community projects in Hull. And one of the things that they really, really liked from that visit was a thing called Back to Hours, and that was celebrating... um, 
local sort of community spaces in Hull and um, enabling them to put on events in their communities rather than expecting the people from those communities to go to the city centre. So our community centres in Coventry decided they wanted to do something similar with putting on theatre performances in community spaces because theatre can be quite inaccessible to people that perhaps can't afford the tickets or perhaps have never been before or can't travel to get to the theatre. So we really wanted to make um, something special for those communities. So they've been choosing theatre performances and helping put them on. We did some training with them to help them do this and now they're delivering amazing uh, theatre performances. They had some great ones in the summer and they're having some more right now. In the winter, there's some really, really cool performances going on across the city and community centres, and there's going to be even more in the spring. So that project's theatre next door. So if you like theatre and you live anywhere in Coventry, there's going to be something for you at your local community centre this year. So when I spoke to Shanine, uh, Shanine was telling me around the huge amount of work that goes on behind the scenes, and that it's not just about events. I guess your role is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. I think um, one of the amazing things about my team is that, you know, as much as the work that we do, so much of the work is actually done by people in Coventry in the community. So our remit was to work collaboratively, like the Collaborative City team, with people in Coventry in a a sort of co-created and culturally democratic way. And it's sort of a fancy way of saying we aren't deciding what the people of Coventry should see and should experience. The people of Coventry are deciding that and we're just helping them facilitate their ideas. So if some, like when we started, if someone came to us and they had a really cool idea about doing something and they were really passionate about it, what we would do is, is sort of help them make that idea a reality and sort of have them involved in putting the idea forward, but also in delivering the project. So as much as we can take a little bit of credit for the work that the Club City do, um, really the, the sort of superstars behind all of our events are the communities that have came up with the ideas and have helped deliver those events and have helped promote those events and have brought their friends and families along to, to engage and to enjoy those events. So I can't take too much credit. It really is all down to the people of Coventry, all of our events are. So I think we touched upon it that everybody everybody has obviously been affected by the pandemic over the last 18 months or so. Um, as someone who's working with communities, I guess you've seen a lot of this impact firsthand. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's been difficult for us um, as producers because, you know, during the lockdown, all we wanted to do was be going out and sort of consulting with people and engaging with people and asking them about what they want from City of Culture but we couldn't do that and we couldn't have those meetings that we started and we couldn't have those sort of face-to-face cup of tea sit-downs with, with community groups and individuals. Um, obviously, we were able to mitigate some of that through things like Zoom and phone calls, but it really isn't the same as having that human interaction and it does exclude people that perhaps don't often use the phone or don't often use the internet and and you know we didn't really want people to be missing out because of those things so we did our best to get around that but there's always going to be people that unfortunately were missed out because they couldn't engage in that way and we, we are now in the sort of second half of the year trying to make up for that and making sure that we do reach those harder to reach people but I will say that you know the people of Coventry really really dug deep and, and supported each other during the pandemic and you know, the work that community radio did. I know there were radio stations that were sort of putting out COVID information and safety guidelines. And Radio Punch was putting out all of Boris Johnson's speeches in different South Asian languages to help people from different communities understand what the rules were. Um, I know the community centres were running food bank delivery so that people didn't have to come out their houses to collect food. Um, and just so many people in the city were working so hard and, and that community spirit, you know, could be seen through the pandemic and it can be seen in the projects that they're producing now. 
Yeah, I think that's what I was about to kind of mention then was that they say around great art being produced during times of challenge. Um, how has th- what has been produced by the communities changed since COVID? I think certainly COVID has inspired a lot of people to kind of reach out to their neighbours more because we were sort of so isolated. It's made people want to come out and and be around people and experience things because, I mean, speaking just for myself, like being stuck in the house for so long, I couldn't wait to get back to Coventry and to be around my colleagues and be around events again. So I think it's been the same for a lot of people. It's inspired some projects. Um, One of my colleagues in my team, Jackie, she um, ran a project at Jubilee Crescent Community Centre called Rad bubbles and that was a photography project where people came and had photos with the people that they were in a bubble with during the pandemic and sort of celebrating the people that helped them get through that really difficult time and trained a load of local photographers as well to be involved in that project so you know it's inspired certain projects but I think it's really kind of inspired people just to want to get out and be around people again and, and be sort of celebrating their their sort of neighbours and their friends and the people that sort of helped them get through a really tough year. So let's take a look at the next six months then. What um, I know a lot of the programme is now announced and there is still some more to be announced. What are some of the events and the highlights you're looking forward to in the coming months? So yeah, like I mentioned, we've got um, some more theatre shows coming at the community centres. We've got some in December, January and February to look forward to in the sort of coming months. Um, we've got some really really fantastic projects one of my colleagues Alice is running Window Wonderland again which last um, time they ran it but they had 2,000 houses involved in decorating their windows and and having some really amazing artwork and we're going to be doing that again so hopefully even more houses get involved it'd be great to see on every single street beautiful window displays that people have put up that can kind of make people feel really happy just to walk down the road even without going to a venue. Yeah, I remember there was a couple of windows that were my It's a Batch um, design, which made me really proud to see. And I, when I sent photos, I took a walk and to have a look at them. I think the, one, the, the window wonderland is something that's really special. I think that's something as well that you can enjoy, even if there are really tough restrictions. And I'm hoping that there won't be. But, but you know, that those projects are really important that don't require you having to be, you know, if some people are a little bit nervous about perhaps going indoors to events or, or being around lots of people, those you can have a walk down your high street and you can really and you can see some wonderful sort of artwork just by leaving the house to pop to the shops or to, you know, get pop down the road. So that sort of thing is really important. And then obviously there's sort of larger scale things happening throughout the year. Um I'm still going to be working really closely with Community Radio and working on a, a really exciting Twin, Twin Cities project between Coventry and Volgograd. So we're doing it something that's super, super local, like right on your doorstep, to stuff that's super sort of international with our Twin Cities. So there's a little bit of something for everyone, really. So let's look at when the lights go out at the end of 2021. How are you hoping to remember our year as City of Culture? I think... Um, Rather than sort of looking backwards and remembering, it's just about sort of looking forward to what, what's next for Coventry. I think it's going to be so wonderful to look at what we've achieved and what the people of Coventry have achieved and what local artists and, and organisations have achieved. But I think really it's all about what's next. And, you know, I've been so inspired by people's ideas in this city and by the sort of hard work and the, and the sort of the community spirit and how people have come together to deliver stuff that... I think the next year is going to be even more exciting than the, than the year that we were City of Culture because those ideas are going to grow and develop and the legacy of what we've done in the past six months and the next six months is going to really, really come into fruition sort of over the next few years and just seeing how the, the training that people have had, the experiences that people have had, how they use that to create even more incredible things for the city, I think is going to be so exciting. 
Molly, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed that. Uh, keep up the good work. Enjoy Christmas. And let's see what 2021 brings us. 2022 brings us. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. So today I am at the Herbert Cafe, the recently refurbished Herbert Cafe, uh, and I'm really pleased to be meeting with Rose Navab today, sort of Twin Studios project. And what we're going to look today is around how 2021 has helped and supported a local creative in the city. Uh, and I thought Rose was a great example of this. So before we start about the projects in Southend, tell me a little bit about yourself, your history in the city. Well, I'm a cough kid through and through. I've been here my whole life. Um, I just know nothing else. So when I heard City of Courts just come in, you know, of course, like many people, I was very, very excited. Um, and it kind of coincided with around the same time that I set up my own organisation, Twin Studios Project. And Twin Studios connects Coventry with its 26 Twin Cities through music, media and arts and anything creative to kind of give our local artists, local creatives that international platform. So I know from first hand the work that you do. I know you've taken my badges out to places, which is obviously really cool for me to see. How has it been building those relationships with the city's twin cities? Well, we have 26 twins and we don't have a relationship with, I'd probably say, around 24, 23 of them. So since I came around two years ago, I've just been working hard to rebuild those links like with America, with Canada, with Jamaica or whatnot. Um, and it's been it's been exciting. It's been challenging because in certain scenarios, you're trying to take something that's quite old fashioned. You know, Twin Cities is nothing modern. It's been around for many many decades, and you're trying to put a modern twist on it and get young people to be like, actually, this is a really cool concept. So yeah, it's it's been interesting. We have, I think, as a city, we have a lot of unique selling points, and City of Culture has definitely been one of them. The fact that I can turn around and be like, we're the capital of culture. And the Twin Cities are automatically like, oh, UK's capital of culture, let's do it. So, as you say, this has been going on for a while now. And like many creatives in the city, has benefited from the support of 2021. Tell me about some of the processes behind you gaining support for 2021 and kind of how that support has worked since. So how it came about, I, when I set it up in 2019, I spent around two years of my degree trying to like, get it sorted and as soon as I came out of university that was around the same time that City of Culture started literally the next month was May 2021 and City of Culture kind of knew what I was doing I had my producer Molly who was who's been brilliant through and through and I gave her this idea for the tablecloth the digital tablecloth it's this modern twist of the first actor twinning and Molly was like it's great it's got community initiative it gets the city involved we'll support it and we've been running with it since and i've also got another project the kingston project so as a young person as a young creative someone who set up an organization but essentially still doesn't know what she's doing having that hand holding from city of culture has been brilliant and how has that hand holding what does that actually look like has it been that you apply for money, you get money and they leave you to it, or have they been working with you every step of the way to, to kind of support you with it? So I know in, I know a lot of cases in City of Culture can be both. It can be we give you the money, you go for it, or we give you the money and we basically help run half the project. I have that nice in-between because though um, I Molly supports me a lot, 
I'm also very much like, in a few months, you guys are sadly going to be gone. And I want to know what I'm doing by myself. I don't want to turn around and be like, God, I wish I did that when I had the opportunity so I could learn from it. But a lot of the time, it's me messaging Molly, like, my producer saying, this is what I'm doing, what do you think? She's like, yeah. I'm like, Molly, I'm struggling with this. Can you give me some tips? Can we sit down, we have a meeting? And she's like, let's move forward. Let me link you to this person. So she's been incredible in the sense of, like, letting me learn, but also... When I need her, it's nice to have someone to fall back on. It's nice to have that city of culture pillow to fall back on. So, yeah, I definitely couldn't have done it by myself, but as much as I tried to. Uh, we spoke to Molly um, before you and I spoke t- today, um, and obviously Molly has lots of different people that she's supporting around it, so I think it's really good that any support that the producers are able to offer the creatives in the city are going to obviously help you to continue after. And I think that's what you allude to there is that, oh, when 2021 finishes, what is that going to look like for you? How are you hoping to take the project forward? Um, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I think by then, like, Coventry's learned a lot from City of Culture. I hope by then, um, as a city, we start to, though we did appreciate before, we appreciate even more now and become that buzzing hub of just creativity and that would also give me a lot of things to do within the city. But working with City of Culture right now, I'm really keen to kind of build that legacy for myself as well as an organisation, for my team, for the people that work with me, and also for our Twin Cities. So, fingers crossed. (laughs) And I I think I've seen, again, you've been overseas to be able to see some of those Twin Cities kind of firsthand. Um, I don't want to make it all about COVID because I think COVID is something that has run through 2021, but how has that impacted you over the last year? COVID's been... A weird one because on one hand like the traveling has been really difficult so when I went to Volgograd our twin in Russia um, there was a lot of restrictions we couldn't do a lot I couldn't really take advantage of that trip but at the same time as someone who does international work the fact that Covid has forced everyone to go online has meant that most of our twin cities most residents have got an understanding of how to do virtual work So connecting, reaching out and building that bond through the internet has been really helpful that with COVID it kind of forced everyone to work that way. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is that you could have probably been in a room, even if it's in a virtual room, probably in a way that you wouldn't have been able to have done previously. Yeah, definitely. I know even previously I didn't really understand how to work virtual calls and video calls because, you know, Skype was just a bit daunting and I'm I'm a Gen Z I'm the child of like the digital age so the fact that Zoom came about and it was really straightforward the fact that platforms like that have really developed and everyone has to now understand how it works for someone who does international relations it's really beneficial so what's next for you then have you got more ideas I'm sure you have I know you're somebody that has lots of different ideas and are you looking to recuperate once 2021's over or are you going to look straight to going to your next project oh we're already writing bids and writing project plans i was i've come in and out of meetings with people that are joining my team to um sh- who share that kind of same passion and you know 2021 sadly gone in four or five months so we need a plan right now by the time we write projects by the time we get funding bids right now is the best time halfway through and i think that's something that maybe some of the creatives in the city didn't necessarily appreciate 
how far in advance you have to plan for some of this stuff. I think both you and I have kind of worked with organizations like this where the planning can often be a year before until you actually start to see the fruition of it. Even something like this podcast itself. I had this idea two years ago and it's only been over the last three or four months that it's actually started. Um, do you have any advice for creators about how they can get involved or even at this stage where the kind of the, the coming months are going to be the end of the year, City of Culture? Yeah, definitely. Um, my biggest advice is don't just look at City of Culture as like a fountain of money. Look at them as how you can benefit them through other means. If you need connections to press, connections to like British Council, other organisations, they can link you up. They have that credibility. I think right now it's probably too late to look at them as a funding support, but don't scrap every any other support that they can offer really take advantage of that uh, rose i really appreciate that i think we'll kind of leave it there because i think you've covered everything that i wanted to um, it always excites me when i see your work i know you're gonna have more and more work going forward i appreciate your time today and good luck with the coming months thank you thank you for having me